We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the next film school podcast uh coming at you midweek uh as we are now officially in august uh but of course because this is the nba and the nba has become a 12-month sport we do not take any time off first and foremost fun episode today i uh, just got done recording uh brought on john schmilk once again uh he is mostly covering giant stuff nowadays, uh, which he's very deep into already as training camps have opened. Um, but we, uh, we had some fun. We played a little amateur GM, um, took turns being Leon Rose and Danny Ainge. And we tried to finally, after much hullabaloo, concoct a workable trade for Donovan Mitchell. And we arrived at a place where I think, I don't know. I think we I think we may have cracked the code. We'll we'll see. Uh, so that episode is coming your way right now. Uh, a couple other quickies. One uh, for just in terms of news, uh, the Knicks have uh, now become the subject of an investigation by the NBA for tampering uh, in the signing free agent signing of Jalen Brunson. Uh, how they are going to conduct a tampering investigation involving multiple fathers and sons between Jalen and Rick Brunson and uh, Sam and Leon Rose, Sam Rose, of course, uh, Jalen's agent who works for CAA. Uh, I have no idea, but it'll bear watching uh, over the coming weeks and most likely months, Um, especially since uh, it may, you know, you never know. It's only been second round picks that have been dinged in recent memory, but Hey, we we don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, that ties into the Mitchell stuff because obviously if the Knicks uh, get dinged to draft pick, that's that's not exactly good for their chase of Donovan Mitchell. So that's one thing. Uh, the second thing before we get to the interview, I just want to say, because this episode is posting on Wednesday, August 3rd, which also happens to be the birthday of my good friend and my producer, Andrew Claudio. Uh, this is normally where I would ask Andrew to jump into the pod so I could uh, talk him up slash embarrass him a little bit, but he is on vacation right now, enjoying uh, the sights, sounds and sun of Miami, Florida. So I will just say, uh, Andrew, I'm assuming you're going to listen to this. Uh, you are the best producer in the business. But you are a better friend, um, which is, I think, the best compliment that that I can give you. I hope you are having a good time. I actually, in fact, I know you are having a good time. Um, but yeah, so enjoy the birthday, um, and uh, it'll always be your birthday, not Tom Brady's birthday, just yours. Just want everybody to remember that. Uh, and, uh, also shout out to, uh, Justin new, new member of the team who's, who's producing this episode in Andrew's place. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys this one and yeah, let's get to my interview with John Schmuel. 
Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, friend of the pod, returning guest, of course. Um, he is in the thick of football training camp season. So I'm honored that he is taking some time away from that to uh, from his Giants obligations to join us to, uh, you know, talk about the dog days of summer and and what the hell is holding up the trade that we all thought was going to happen, I guess, three, four weeks ago now. Uh, Mr. John Schmiel, hello, sir. Hey, man. Yeah. I mean, you know how it goes with kids. You know, you're so mentally drained all the time. You kind of have to shut shut off different sides of your brain. And I've kind of slowly shut off the basketball side of my brain and turned <laughs> on the football side of my brain. So if I forget some names of guys on other teams over the course of this podcast, I apologize ahead of time. But I can certainly talk about the ninth receiver on the Giants wide receiver depth chart if that gets you excited, but probably not. I, I'll get the Giants question out of the way now. I Are, are the Giants going to I want. I got to ask if they're if they're going to be good. Are they going to be a 500 team this year? Uh, I think that would be a heavy lift. I think you're looking probably closer okay. to like seven and maybe maybe eight. If you get to nine, that's a really good year. Their schedule is pretty easy, so okay. they have an outside shot at it. But I mean, the jump from four to nine. I know they new coaching staff. I think that's probably asking a little bit much. But it's football. You never know. Unlike the NBA, John, as you know, things in the NFL can get weird year to year. You yes. know, the best teams don't always win the most games because that's kind of the nature of the business. So, yeah, who knows? Well, we had a we had a very football like season with the Knicks two years ago where they kind of that was talk about jumping up from. Let's see. They had one. I forget what they told because it was the shortened season the year before. Whatever. They were they were bad. They were the equivalent of like a very boring five or six win team the year prior. Mm -hmm. And then 2021, they jumped up to. I don't know, probably like a solid, like, I don't know, 10 win, 10 and six. Yeah, I'd say yeah. 10 and six. Yeah. 10 and 16, sure. you know, maybe hosted a playoff game and then got beat. And then last season they were, I don't know, seven wins, seven and nine. That's what it felt like. Yeah, felt more like six and 10 to me, but sure, I'll, I'll buy seven and nine. How about <laughs> no. this? How about, how about this? You, you start the season like, uh, like five and nine, but then you won like your final two yeah. games after you were eliminated from the playoffs. So your record looks better than maybe what it actually was. Yes. And the, and the veteran quarterback um, who nobody wanted to see anymore continued starting games until <laughs> literally the final week of the season. And then they put in the backup quarterback and then what do you know? The backup quarterback looked good. Uh, and here we are. Um, so I think the last time we talked it was before free agency in the draft and everything, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we talked a lot about like Barrett and the Nick yeah. Young guys and stuff like that. That's and right. I don't think the Mitchell thing was even on like the table yet, really, to be honest with you. No. So, yeah, a, a lot has changed, John. I think a good place to start, and this is one thing I think we're on the same page here. I feel like Nick fans that are like, ah, oh, you don't have to get Donovan Mitchell. I, there's like a sense of like arrogance and entitlement that I feel like as two guys that follow this team and love them to death. Like, I mean, does our fan base really have the right to like act that way? I mean, look, and I'll, 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 I'll say this. Mitchell is not an all NBA player right now. He's not but top 20 ish, right? Give or take. You can argue semantics on where he lands in that area. But when you take into consideration his age, his contract status, and the fact he wants to come here, I mean, in terms of gettable, like reasonably gettable guys for the Knicks in terms of the stage of their career, it's probably top five or six or seven in the league with those parameters in the equation. So they just say, oh, if you don't get him, just get the next guy. I mean, the list is short here, man, of guys that's been, that kind of fit all those requirements. Yeah. That's been what I, that's my main, my main flag that I've planted is essentially, okay, if you bypass this opportunity and this entire episode is going to be about the trying to come to an agreement that is reasonable um, between Utah and New York. And what are the odds of that happening? We're going to play some, some amateur GMs uh, tonight. Uh, My, my whole thing was like, assuming it's not a crazy cost and you say, no, no, even if it's like expensive but reasonable expensive i still don't want it my my comeback is simply well okay well what do you what do you want to do instead and i think that the fans that you're referencing and and there's a lot of them that listen to this pod and i respect it because i respect their viewpoint for two reasons one i think there is a sense that this is the first time the team has gone about at least attempting to 
I, I hate to use this term, but I'll, I can't think of another one. Build the thing the right way yeah. mm-hmm. in, ever in a very long time. And at the very least, it's before the mellow trade. And then they gave away half the roster in the mellow trade. And then the other thing is like, people like these kids and they're excited about them. And I think the reason why, you know, like anytime you say anything negative, maybe not negative, but like, regardless of what the ceiling is for, you know, RJ or OB or quickly or Grimes, it's like, there's clearly a ceiling there that is very real. And like, you could foresee what a, a successful team with these guys playing for it are going to look like. So I think that's all out there, which is why I think people are just very hesitant to, to throw that by the wayside to go chase a guy who, again, as you just said, is not, making you a contender overnight. It's why it's like, and I I think I wrote this over a month ago now. I don't think there's like, it's, I don't want to say there's not a right answer, but whichever way you turn, there's like a pitfall. There's an obvious pitfall, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Look, and John, like I've always been in, you know, team camp build through the draft. My working assumption here, and it's always been this really, is that it's very hard to build a championship caliber team. If you don't have a homegrown guy in your team, that's a, all-star player because you get those guys on the cheap, right? And not even like borderline all-star. I'm talking like all NBA caliber player. It's hard to do it without developing one of those guys. Here's the problem. When the Knicks had that miracle season that we just talked about two years ago, that was their chance to be awful and go get that guy in the draft. They won too many games. So now you're going to move forward here. And even though I always kind of had one foot in the, in the, you know, I guess I'll colloquially call it team tank, even though I'm not like a tank guy per se, but be bad, get a high draft, but get your star in the draft. Then you go from there. I've always been in that camp, but they're not going to have the opportunity to do that. So if you pass up this, this move now, and you have Jalen Brunson here, you're going to be somewhere between what eight and 12, depending on how your season goes. I think that, listen, I think they will be in the chase for depending on what happens with the Nets, we have to add that caveat. Depending on what yep. happens with the Nets, I think they'll be in the chase potentially for a six seed. And at the same time, if you told me they were 11 or even or 10 or 11, I'd be like, okay, I I'd probably bet on top 10, but yeah. Yeah. So, like, so you're sitting there and look, I know fans will point out, well, where was Donovan Mitchell drafted? Yeah. Is it possible to go get like an all NBA top 20 guy at 12 or 13? Yeah. Yeah, And I can also go walk down the street and find the lottery ticket on the floor and cash (laughs) it in for, you know, $50,000. It's not going to happen. Is it possible? Sure. Look, so you can sit here, pray that that not make this trade, pray you strike gold with the 12th pick in the draft, or maybe you, you know, use draft capital and move up. But that's hard to do too. We saw it this year, right? The Knicks tried to go get Jaden Ivey. But you know what the team that picked fifth said? No, he's really good. I'm not trading out of this spot. So it's just, I don't know what the path is. And the Knicks have clearly, and Leon Rose has operated to set themselves up for this moment. That's why they made the trade in last year's draft for these extra picks. Like this was the plan. And I, I feel like, you know, the same fans that wanted them to make the pick are now like, well, now you wait. Well, if you were going to just build through the draft, you would have made the pick. You wouldn't have well, traded for a bunch of protected picks. So yes. I, I, I just, to your point, I agree with you hundred percent. I don't know what the viable path is to becoming really, really good. than making this eventual trade for a star. And if it's not, Mitchell, some, yes, the next guy's going to cost the same amount, if not more. Every time a star trade gets made, John, the cost goes up. That's At just some the point, way it goes. I mean, look, you're, uh, we, we got to have a whole podcast about star trades and whether the cost at some point will revert from something other than what seems to be the baseline now, which is basically everything. All, yeah, every, in it's short, everything. everything. Um, you know, you, you could throw the, the Kawhi trade, which is the true outlier. But like, right. again, I referenced this in a, a recent newsletter also, like it wasn't that long ago that Paul George was traded for Victor Oladipo and Demonis Sabonis back when those guys were not terribly, you know, uh, I mean, they were interesting and exciting in their own way, but not, that was not the sort of trade that you'd, you'd see now. And I think there's another one that I'm, even the Kyrie trade, you know, you can look back on that. And like that, was, there was some shenanigans in there because like they agreed to the trade and then the injury of Isaiah Thomas, came, whatever we could go back over and over this again. I think the point is very simply, whichever path 
you don't choose, right? If you're like, no, we're, we're good on this bet. You need to have a next step. And that, right. by the way, includes if you trade for Donovan Mitchell, you need to have a next step, which is what we're going to, I think, focus in on today. So let's, let's start here with, with this. Um, what is your, what is your assumption as to what Danny Ainge's initial ask was from the Knicks? <laughs> Everything. I mean, I, I think he wanted, I, I seriously, I think he wanted four unprotected firsts, two or three of the protected picks and two of the young guys. I mean, I think that's what he wanted. Realistically, that's what Danny Range wanted. He saw this is what I got for Rudy Gobert. I know Donovan Mitchell is a more valuable player, so I'm going to shoot for the moon. And I think our little game here tonight now, John, is going to be, well, I don't think the Knicks should have to give up more than any other team has ever given up in a trade for a player. That's what Danny Ainge is going to ask for. I, I think that's that. fair. But at the same time, you also can't say, well, they can't have Donovan Mitchell on this team no matter what. They only have to go a little bit above what another team's best offer is to get this trade done. I don't think that's how this is going to go either. I think you have to find a trade that Danny Ainge can say, all right, this is comparable to what other stars have been traded for before. So it looks like he's getting a really good deal, right? He can sell the fact that it's close to equal value to the Gobert trade with different yeah. pieces. Um, that leaves the Knicks with enough that within three years, my goal is by 2025 to have enough assets in your pocket to make the next trade for the next star. And oh. Ainge gets his picks. And we just got to figure out what that trade looks like. And unfortunately, I, I have a bad feeling you're going to hate this. I, th I think we're looking at mid-September here. I know you guys had your no, little poll and you guys said August. I, think I don't think that's nuts. Training camp, you know, maybe I, I, even a week into training camp. I mean, it could be that far. So the, I think that what you just kind of inadvertently touched on, and it's, it's something we've talked about on the show, but I, I don't, I don't know that we've, I, I mean, I don't know if there is an answer. Are you, negotiating against other teams in the NBA or are you, you're primarily you're, you're, you're negotiating against both of these things, but primarily are you negotiating against other teams in the NBA specifically? You want to say the heat, the wizards, the, I don't, well, I don't, I don't consider the wizards a real team. New Orleans, maybe, you know, maybe New Orleans. Maybe I, I actually, I'll say this. I think the Charlotte, that was it. at first I saw Charlotte and I'm like, yeah, they can't trade away a first round pick until 27, 27. And then I thought about it. I'm like, man, this is a franchise that has just loved being much like the wizards and the Knicks, by the way, much has just loved being slightly less than mediocre oh. for a very long time. No and one wants have, to be the 16 more than the Hornets, man. Oh my God. They, they love being they the 16. <laughs> they strive for that. And then yeah. when they miss, they pick in a lot of the same areas that the Knicks have picked. So, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, man, if you could get unprotected 2027 and 2029 firsts from the Hornets with a swap, unprotected swap in between, and like, you know, I, I, I don't know if, what they think of like James Book Knight or PJ, like, it, that's, I don't think it's enough, but that's at least a real offer. So I think there's that part of it. And then there is the negotiating against time, which is, how, what do you think Danny Ainge has the stomach for as far as bringing Donovan Mitchell into training camp? And, and I, I bring these up now because when I think about what is an offer that's actually going to get it done, I, I think that your answer to that question impacts because if, if it's, if it's, if Danny Ainge does have the stomach for that, I don't know that I feel comfortable saying one way or the other, he does or he doesn't, that could, that could mean you have to pay a little bit more. Yeah. And look, I think, you know, both fan bases here have taken extreme positions. I've seen Utah fans scream, oh, the Utah Jars don't have to trade Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks have no leverage. Knicks fans say, oh, they can't have Donovan Mitchell on their team. They're trying to tank for uh, Wimbiana. So you know, yeah. they can't have him on the roster. So the Knicks have all the leverage. It's both, right? I mean, yeah. Danny Ainge has a measuring stick, right? And he goes, well, what's the cost of having Donovan Mitchell on my team, right? Yeah for the start of the season, maybe even up until the all-star game for all we know, because the all-star game is in Utah. Yep. What's my cost for that, right? What am I willing to take off the eventual reward for training Donovan Mitchell as opposed to the cost of keeping him on my roster a little bit longer, right? And I think there are levels to this. I don't think it's cut and dry either way. And I think when the Knicks 
have to motivate Ainge to move him sooner rather than later because Ainge can wait and say, well, maybe another team gets desperate. They, you know, That's, the heat, the heat free up yep. their draft pick that the Thunder own, right? Yep. They can then do three ones. Maybe they can send Hero. Hero comes out on fire. Yeah, starts, they can send yeah. Hero to another contender to sign him on bird rights for a first round pick. Then they have four first round picks to trade. Who knows? Different things can happen. So you have to have a good enough offer to motivate Ainge not to wait for a better offer to come along. But Ainge does have to weigh the cost of having him on the roster. So I think that's kind of the measuring stick here in terms of what you come up with. That's why the offer, again, Mitchell's not good enough for it to be the biggest offer for a star player ever. But it's also not going to be, you know, significantly less than what we've seen from the last few star trades. And I think you just got to find the equilibrium there. And you you just made me think of this literally now. Remember before last season how much of the talk was, oh, well, Sixers can't, they can't bring Ben Simmons to training camp, not after everything that's happened, right? And then training camp came and they dealt with the untidiness, the the unpleasantness of that. And then it was day two of training camp and and whatever it was, I forget when Simmons showed, I actually forget, was that before the season when Simmons showed up with the cell phone, practice with like the cell phone in his pocket or whatever, whatever. They got past all that. Yeah. And Daryl Morey was like, look, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> now, at, this is not apples to apples because a, a new coach, you're setting a new culture in Utah. And again, like you brought up, they they probably want to lose a lot of games. Although I have a feeling they could be bad even with Mitchell on the team, depending on what other trades they make. Anyway, Nick's initial offer, I think we got to figure it was probably all four of the protected firsts. One of or one of their own protected first round or unprotected first round picks. I, I think they would offer twenty three and twenty five unprotected. I think they would. I'm just wondering. I th- we all know they would do that, right? You I bet you they were in- offer now. Yeah, their initial was probably one of those, and I bet you they were like, you, "Cam is the young player that you could have, plus the commensurate salary." Right. So, if that's what Ainge wanted, and that's what the Knicks offer was, that's far away. I, yeah, it's yeah. far away. What I'm and we don't I don't know how much like back and forth we have to do here where where I think this has to end up for this trade to get done. Is I think it rests on Ainge getting. It, I was going to say one, I feel like he needs multiple. Unprotected draft assets that are not over the length of Donovan Mitchell's current contract. So Donovan Mitchell's under contract for three more years. So he expires in the summer of 2025. The Knicks could trade draft assets in the summer of 26, 27, 28, and 29. I think age needs two of those. And I think that is, if I'm in, if I'm Danny age and I don't get two of those, I don't think I trade Donovan Mitchell. I think that's where I'm at. No, I'm with you too, John. And I think, I don't think Danny Ainge will trade Donovan Mitchell for anything less than three unprotected first round picks. I mean, that that's what he got for Gobert. I don't think he's getting anything less than three unprotected first. Okay, ask you something? I think, by the way, what? and that compares favorably to other star trades that have been made recently. Usually, except for the Drew Holiday, and I think he's probably on a little tier below Mitchell. I think you're looking at three different unprotected. Different sorts of players oh. and different situations also because Holiday was, a, but let me ask you this. Sure. What do, and again, your answer changes depending on the year. So let's say a 2024 Knicks first round pick. Is that worth two of the protected firsts the Knicks have? Is that worth three of the protected firsts the Knicks I, have? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a great question. Um, I See, think but that's the, where, that's I where think we, the 28 hey, right. or 27 picks are worth probably all four. I think the 20. 20, any, any unprotected first in 27, 28 or 29. Would Danny Ainge rather have any one of those than all four of the protected first? Yeah. My, you know, I, he's looking for a lottery ticket, John. He's looking I've, for that's a lottery that, I've, I've been saying this, I think, but man, you're talking, but here's the other thing about the protected picks. And I, again, I was, I analyzed them if for alone for a newsletter a week or two ago. I think there's a good chance that at least three of those and maybe all four have a chance to be in the like from the 15 yeah. to like 21, 22, with the exception of the Bucks pick. But here's the thing about the Bucks pick. Bucks pick has a, a much higher ceiling because it's only top four protected. 
Like, if you told me that both the Pistons pick and the Wizards pick were going to eventually convey as like 15, 16, I'd be like, okay, now that's not nearly as valuable as an unprotected miss. Right. So, yeah, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. It might be four, four to one valuation. Yeah. So I think, and here's the thing, right? If, and I guess it's a good place to start, right? I, I don't think any realistic scenario has RJ Barrett in this trade. So I think we have to push that yeah. off the table. Because the Knicks, I think, value him a lot more than Utah does. I agree so with that. That's that's not going to work. I agree. In the same way, I'm of the opinion, I imagine Leon Rose and Brock Aller would be too, I cannot trade my 2029 unprotected first under any circumstances. I can't do it. Under because any if you circumstances. trade the 29, then you cannot trade another unprotected first-round pick I know. until 2026. That's a problem. I. Mm. Here's, here's why I'm hesitant. If, if Ainge was okay, so you get all four on, you get all four protected picks. You get one of the young players, one of the good young players, Obi quickly or Grimes. We'll get back to who it is in a bit. And you get, you give Ainge, whether it's a first and 28 and a swap in 29 or a swap in 28 and a first in 29, those two moving forward, if you're the Knicks, you can trade basically right. Well, if it's a first and 28 and a swap in 29, that I'd you, be okay with. I would then, live with that. Then you could trade away 24. You could trade away 26. And then starting right after next year's draft, you could trade away 30. And then in the summer of 25, you could trade 30 and then 32. You could, <laughs> no, I, I love how we're getting it's, out. It's so silly that we're having this conversation. No, but, but it's, it's true, not. right? Because it's well, true. I, I have to it's think true. that, and again, if, if you believe the Shams report from um, whatever it was a couple of days ago, the sides haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, and maybe because no one wants to be the first person to budge. But I think when they, if they haven't already crossed this bridge, when they cross this bridge to get to brass tax, I think this is the type of conversation I would imagine that they're going to have. So, and I agree with Jeremy, by the way, they're going to want 24, 26, 28. So I think because the way their draft picks are kind of arranged that they're going to want the ever the year thing. So I agree with that. And I think where the Knicks are going to max out this offer. And I think this is what it's going to take to get it done is that you're trading 24, 26, 28, and then you're negotiating swaps and you're negotiating the protected picks and you're negotiating the players. I think that's where we're going to wind up. So here's where I, here's where I'm at. I think so. You get the four protected picks. I like I like how we're just throwing these four protected picks. Around. <laughs> you get the four protected picks. You get an unprotected first in 24. You get a swap in 25. Mm-hmm. You get an unprotected first in 26, and you get a swap in 27. I think. You let's let's look at it. Let's let's look at it from both perspectives, and then we'll, we'll let's put the players aside. If that's the pick package, so that is that is essentially a draft. That's a draft assets. That's four protected picks, mm-hmm. two unprotected firsts, and two swaps. If you're Ainge, can you walk away from that? I think he can, Ugh. because I think I think. Why are you being a pig, John? Why are you going to be, why are you going to be a pick? Come because, on. Because that's what Danny Ainge is, dude. Danny he is Ainge being a pick. I, that ass, term dude. has been used to me to describe how he has been acting by someone who would know. Um, yes. I mean, that that's what Danny Ainge does. So yeah, look, I think Ainge, if Ainge doesn't walk away from this trade with an unprotected pick in 27 or 28, I will be shocked. I'm giving you the 27 swap. No, I don't care to swap. I want the pick. I don't want to swap. I want See, the pick. Okay. Let's, let's hold on. Let's center on this for a second, because I think this is a valuable discussion. People keep throwing around this, the notion of like, ah, maybe within a, a swap or two. I know you remember because you, you were had a Knicks podcast at the time. Um, I think it was it wasn't a, a first that got the Celtics, Jason Tatum or Mark right? Fultz yeah. in that turn. They turned it was a swap. I'm not saying a swap has as much value as a first, but if you're Danny Ainge and you're going about things in this manner, right, where you're where, where you're stripping it down to the studs and you're building it back up, you figure your timeline is three years, maybe four years before you're back on your feet. And like, 
you know, because you've done it before, you, you have confidence that you can construct a good, solid basketball team. So to me, if I'm Danny Ainge, like, and I think the Knicks are in a competent organization who are going to eventually find a way to flounder and lose again. Well, isn't a swap in 27, like pretty goddamn valuable to me. All right. So how about this? How about this? Here, here's, here, here's my Danny Ainge counter offer. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, John, I think that's fair. How about this? I'll take your unprotected picks in 24 and 26. I'll let you yeah. keep the tw- I'll let you keep the 28 unprotected pick, but I want swaps in 27 and 29. Oh, Jesus. But you get to keep 28. Then you get to 2025, John. You could trade 28, 30, and 32. You have three unprotected first. You could trade for your second superstar next to Donovan Mitchell. But I want the four protected. I want... 24 and 26 unprotected. And I want swaps in 27. I want swaps in 29. Swaps in 27 and 29, but I get to keep my 28 first. Yep. Just as an aside, I don't remember that ever having been done. No, neither do I. Do you remember? And let me ask you this. Do you think swaps in 27 and 29 is more valuable than the 28 pick outright? You know, it's funny. I And again, because I don't re- remember it ever happening. So I hadn't even thought of this as the possibility. But the way. That is a way that you, it, both sides get to get kind of what they want. The Knicks have the assets to make the next star trade, but Ainge gets two lottery tickets way down the road. If I'm doing that. It, OK, if I'm doing that, which I'm not saying I'm doing that yet. If I'm Leon Rose, and I'm curious if you would do that. If you're Leon Rose, I'm keeping all of the. I'm keeping all of the key, the kids. I'm keeping Grimes. I'm keeping Obi. I'm keeping quickly. If I'm get, and again, I'm giving away 24, 26 swaps in 27 and 29, all unprotected. My goodness gracious. What if, how about this? What if you can keep, give me a player, but you can keep two of the protected picks. Or would you rather keep the player that's and a, give up the protected pick? That's a fantastic question. Um, and it's something that, again, I have spent some time thinking about. I think for as much as we have correctly talked about how much Leon Rose is going to want to keep his ability to make the next star trade, and we refer to the future picks, the, the distant picks, as being key to that, I think, and I think I don't think this is unreasonable, 
which is, again, why so many Knicks fans are like kind of against the concept of the trade. I think keeping the kids is every bit as important towards that end yep. because of what any of these kids have a chance to turn into in the next year to two years. So I think if you're the Knicks, you would rather have to, you would rather keep all of the young players because if look at it this way, if Quentin Grimes hits and I, I think he may be hitting already based on what we saw at summer league, but if he comes out this year and he has, I don't want to say like a Desmond Bain type year two, but let's, I don't know, 85 to 90% of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that player? Is that a player you're trading for two protected firsts? No, probably absolutely not. not. No, mm-hmm. nope. So if you're the Knicks and you believe that that is what is hap- is going to happen with Quentin Grimes, that's not someone that you're going to give up. Yeah, I don't want to trade Grimes. Like he he's the one I guy I don't want to move. To be honest with you, he's I would move quickly and I would move as much as I don't want to move Obi because that means Randall is here. I would move quickly and Obi before I move Grimes. In my opinion. <sighs> The Obi part of this is the, the Obi part of it is maybe the most fascinating little subplot because it's tied in with Randall and because there is, I think, I, I, I think it was uh, Tommy Beer put out a poll a few weeks ago on Twitter about which yep. young Nick do you want the most in it? Correct me if I'm wrong, Obi won going away, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think you're selling low on him too if you trade him now, which I, I think, hate, which I hate to do. You're, I completely agree with you. You're selling low 1000%. And yet, and yet, if Julius Randle is on this team next year, he's playing 15 minutes, he's playing 17 minutes. A game. <laughs> like, I know. What are I we? Know. But this is, that's why it, it always comes back to Randle, man. It always comes back to Randle. Let me ask you this. Well, let's play this game. If you're looking to trade, if like right now, the Knicks put Obi Top in and Emmanuel quickly, let's say, in the trade market today. Could they get more than a protected first for either player in a trade? So you're basically saying, is there any team out there that would give up an? Un- I think here's what I think. I think a good team. Hold on, let me think about this before I say it. I think it would they would maybe give up a current unprotected first, like one for next year's draft, but not one down the road. Yeah, I'm. I'm just thinking like. So what did the the Nuggets gave up? Uh, my God, what was it? The Nuggets gave up a, like a distant. No, that was a protected. I'm thinking of the the pre draft trade the Nuggets made where they gave up like a distant first of their own for like the 30th pick in this year's draft or something. Like I I, th- I could see a good team giving up a, an unprotected pick in like the near future. Yeah, I for buy, one I buy of those that. guys. But it would but be like, it would have to be in the next two years. It had to be a 23 pick or a 24 pick. Nothing further down like, the road than that. The thing is though. And again, this is like just we don't see it very often. Teams don't trade guys on rookie contracts yep. that they like unless it's in a star trade. Teams will trade interesting, intriguing young players on rookie contracts, a low cam reddish. But it's when there's something forcing their hand, whether it's like the player clearly isn't working out or like the team doesn't really care for the player for whatever reason, they don't have a spot for whatever the case may be. That's why it's such a tough question to answer. I'm happy you asked it because I just, man, I don't like would, um, would either what's, what's the best pick either of them would have gotten in this draft. Would they, would they have gotten like, let me, if, if you offered Obi to the wizards for what do they have? The ninth pick, right? I think Wizards say no. I think Wizards probably. I think both teams say no. Yeah, I think you're probably I think, right. I think both teams say no. Same, yeah, same I, for I, like, like, would you trade Obi for Johnny Davis? I would say I would say I would. I, not I, would, I, I like Obi Toppin. Yep. I would rather. And Obi I'm not Toppin. even a huge Toppin guy, but I don't. I, Johnny Davis doesn't excite me. Now, would I trade Obi Toppin for Shaden Sharp? See ya. Yeah, it's it really is a it, it's a it, it, you have to go pick by pick and player by player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, where I'm, where I come down on, with the exception of Grimes, I, the 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 notion that Ainge is just dying to get him some Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly on this Utah roster, I, I something about that. I'm sure he'd like them. Like if all you know, all things being equal, I'm sure it's he'd like them. Not his priority though. He wants it's the lottery not. tickets. That's what it's he wants. not. He wants the lottery tickets. Grimes. Again, just because if he comes out next year and he is 
good at the at, forget adding anything else to his game. If he's just good at the things that we've already seen him do, if he just gets a little bit better at them, like like we saw in summer league, man, that's a guy that he could turn into a real asset um, for any at, team. He could help for any, any team. team, any team, any team in the league. I I don't think that oh man. If I'm the if I'm the Knicks and and I know whatever the pick package is, let's say they agree on the pick package. One of the ones they that we just talked about, where it's either twenty six and a swap in twenty seven, or twenty six a swap in twenty seven and and a, a swap in twenty nine, something like that. And I know if I give up Quentin Grimes, I get Donovan Mitchell. Do you? Does Leon Rose walk away? I. That's the thing. I don't know. It's a great question. I think I that is. I might be believing the they're going to be able to keep all three of those guys, unless the pick package. The only way you're keeping all three young guys is if either 27 or 28 unprotected is in the trade. If you're not giving them 27 or 28 unprotected, I have a hard time believe believing Danny Ainge will let you keep all three of the young guys. Now, maybe our little thing here at 24, 26 and the swaps in 27 and 29, maybe yeah. that mitigates that a little bit. Yeah. But you need to give Dange two legitimate lottery tickets, 26 and beyond, if you want to keep all three young guys. It's the only way you're going to pull it off, I think, at least. The, the fact that, we're, that this is where we're at in this conversation leads me to believe that the very first thing you said, which is that... This is going into September. Yeah, dude. This, like, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day, John. I was thinking about coming on. I was, I was thinking, all right, well, what am I going to bring that to new? And I still think this ultimately gets done. And I think you do too, right? I think it gets done. Donovan wants to be here. He can always eventually go to Ainge and say, Yo, dude, I'm, 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 I'm done waiting. Get me to New York. Leon Rose wants him here. Ainge wants to, and I think you made this point in your newsletter. He wants to make his trade to yeah. set the course of his franchise the way he wants. He knows he wants to do this. Of course. And when everyone wants to do something and it makes sense and it fits for players, both teams, it eventually gets done, right? But I think finding the formula that allows Danny Ainge to say, I won the trade, and Danny Ainge wants to be able to say he won the trade. He's been the king of saying that. But it also allows the Knicks to, again, make that move after Mitchell, even if it's not until 2025. And again, that's my target. I don't want to wait past 2025 to have to make the next move because then I think you're getting into, you know, what happens if Donovan Mitchell pops a knee you know it's just too many unknowns when you get that far down the road right which is the same reason we don't want to trade the 29th pick unprotected the 27th pick unprotected there's too many unknowns so i need to be in a position by 2025 to make that next move to add to mitchell and i i just think it's going to take a long time for these two teams to kind of you know come to a decision because i think both teams think in a way they have leverage danny Ainge says well i have the star i don't have to do anything so i'm going to wait and leon rose is going to say well no one can beat my offer so why should I give up more when no other team's going to come and give you more than this? So that's why I think we're looking at end of September and maybe even after a couple preseason games. I don't know. That's, oh my God. Oh, it's, it's going to be torture. That would be wild. Like, I feel bad. Like I was talking, I was texting with Ian Begley like a month ago. He goes, John, I can't wait till like July 15th when summer league's over and I can go on vacation. <laughs> and I texted him a week ago. I go, so Ian, are you just on call 24 seven? He never even texted me back. And I'm like, dude, I feel I just, bad for you. This is awful. I think people have kind of moved on. Like it's the same with the Durant thing. Like I know we got the, 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 the Boston report a week ago, but like at a certain point, like that's, you know, I was scrolling Twitter before and I was just like, you know, all the people, uh, People that usually just exclusively talk next. It's like eh, talking talking baseball. I mean, as I know it's tr- as we're recording this, the trade deadline is today. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I I think you're right. The the last thing I'll say is I in 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 the when you just said Danny Ainge wants to be able to say he won this trade. I think I don't know what the biggest the biggest draft haul for a player ever was was what in terms of picks and sw- in terms of like just draft assets is it like is it six yeah i'm trying I think to think it was was it what was it the garnett pierce was that the biggest one or was it I, I actually thought it was the anthony davis one i, I oh, could, could be wrong anthony, yeah it could have been anthony davis and the paul george one was big too when they had to trade all those things oh, in the Kawhi leonard deal that and then was he, Gilgis alexander was in that too so that was that oh, was and, a monster and maybe even harden right yeah he was absolutely. the second the second uh 
the the trade that brought Harden uh, to the whatever five six. I don't I don't think anyone's ever got to seven. I think it's three and three. I think it's three picks and three yeah. swaps. That that that's always been the max. So there is a world I think pretty easily where because the Knicks have all these protected picks, they could Danny Age could come out of this and and you know Woj will tweet it. Utah has received the greatest draft pick right. compensation package in the history of the NBA for Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if that's the exact wording, but that's the tweet. Yeah. I think now, that I think that might be enough. Now for casual fans, that'll be enough. People like me and you will have to dissect what those picks well, are. And that's I mean, I, and that and that's that that's that's the proof in the pudding, right? Yes. And but I think there's a world where the Knicks can uh, Woj right. could get that tweet off. Yep. And the Knicks still keep what is truly important to them. But again, it, they're not getting away scot-free with like the notion of like, uh, you know, again, firsts in 23 and 25 and then swaps in 24 and, and, and uh, uh, 26. That, that's eight. That, that's not getting it done. He needs, yeah, correct. like we were saying, multiple somethings in that, those last four years. That and Grimes will dictate this trade one way or the so- other. I'm going to give you two different options here. I'm going to say, if you say yes, I'm Danny and you can be Leon Rose. Okay. All right. So here we go. Uh, you need to give me 24. This is my draft center trade. Okay. You need to give me 24, 26 and 28 swap in 25. Two of the, two of the protected. And then the young player of your choice of my choice. Not including Cam Reddish. Got it. Grimes, OB, or IQ. I'll let you pick the guy. And I'm keeping two of my protected picks. You're keeping two of your protected picks, and you're not swapping 27 or 29. Okay. Do I? Can I hear the other choice? Yeah, that's number one. Well, well do you say yes or no to that first? Would, would you accept that trade as, as Leon Rose? 24, 26, 28, unprotected. 25, swap. Two of the protected. I'll let you choose them. You could pick the protected picks, your choice, and one of the three young players. Does Jonathan Macri say yes to that? I'm, I'm, if, for anybody who's just listening on the pod, not watching on the YouTube, I'm staring off into space as I hope the answer, someone incepts the correct answer to me. I think um, my gut feeling is that that is a trade that the Knicks would have to say yes to. I agree. <sighs> And I think that's eventually what it's going to look like, too, to be honest with you. Oh, boy. That's it's steep. It's steep. It's like it's a it is a because there's going to be people that hear this. who are like, you're fucking insane. Macri. Yep. Mm-hmm. They don't need to do this. Wait it out for a more reasonable cost. And I'm just like, how much more reasonable is it really going to get? And am I willing to say like, yeah, whatever. Then I don't get Donald Mitchell. That's fine. Which again, I'm in the camp where I am much less happy to say, it. what's the, what's the other one? Give me okay. the other one. Uh, how about, how about the player trade? So you get to keep all your protected picks. You don't have to send one of them, but, I, but I don't like this already. Okay. <laughs> I don't now, like this already. And, and I, I will make the case for you on this because I've kind of warmed to this a little bit. All three young guys go all three. Oh my God. All three. But all you're trading draft pick wise is 24 and 26 and a 25 swap. And you keep all your protected picks. I keep all my protected picks. Yep. You keep all your protected picks. And I'm, tra- I'm trading 24 and 26. 24, 26, a 25 swap, but you you get wiped out. Top in IQ I gotta tell you, are all gone. It, it might not make basketball sense. I, I say no to that. Okay. I just don't think. And by the way, I don't think Danny Ainge would do that trade either. I don't so. think he would either. Okay, so here's here's my offer if I'm Leon. Might we may have said this already, but yeah. you're getting I'll give you Grimes. I'll give you Grimes and I'll give you I'll give you unprotected 24, unprotected 26. I'll give you a swap in 25. Just who knows? Shit could go haywire. And then you could get a swap in 27. Okay. 
but I want. <laughs> How many protected I, picks do I get? I want top. Oh, you get all four of the protected picks. Okay. Uh, I want top. Hmm. I want top four protections on the swap in 27. Saying yes, if you're Danny Ainge. So I'm getting six picks. Getting six picks, two, two, swaps, two swaps, one of which is grimes. protected. By the way, the, the, the difference between top four protected anything and top five protected anything under the current lottery rules is massive. Oh, because if you if you top five protect something, you can keep the pick if you want to. You just can't win any games. You, but there is a, <laughs> you can lose enough games that you ensure yourself keeping the pick. If it's top four protected, you can go 0-82, and, and there's still a 50-50 shot you're going to lose the thing. Right. So I don't know. Maybe I should try to make that top Type five protected. No, look, would I take that if I was Danny Ainge? I think Danny Ainge says no to that. I I, I got to tell you, I think he said yes to that. I think he says yes. I, my prediction is that Danny Ainge does not walk away from the trade with fewer than three unprotected firsts. All right. That, well, that's my, now, again. It may, one it, of this is going to be proven right. I, I will say on record, I think they're, well, I mean, I guess um, am I predicting that they will make the trade and the Knicks will give up fewer than three unprotected firsts? <sighs> Jesus. Now, I, I love our compromise trade. I love the 24, 26, and 27, and 29 swaps. I think that's, no, that's creative. I think creative. that's really creative. It's good. I haven't heard anyone even bring that up either. That's creative. I like it's, that. It's, I don't, I'm 99% sure there's nothing in the CBA that disallows that. No, I, I just haven't so. heard of it. No, because um, usually the picks in between the swaps always go. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I, li- I, I like that compromise. I think that could work. Well, listen, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think it gets done. And I think it, when it gets done, I think both of us are going to look at it and both, both of us are going to have the same reaction and, and same reaction. I think a lot of Knicks fans will have, which is like, <sighs> okay. All right. I think there are going to be a I lot of angry Nick fans. I think oh, the, I mean, Nick's angry Nick fans are going well, to I think the casual fans will be thrilled. I think the hardcore fan base is going to be unhappy whenever this trade happened because they're going to believe that they gave up more than they had to. Yeah. That's how I think this is going yeah, to go. And I think generally speaking, and I was, you know, being a, you know, one of the first owners of Neil Keener real estate on the Island, yeah. uh, Nick fans overrate their own players. It's, it's what we do. Um, I think most fan bases do it, to be honest with you. I think I every, think, no, I think every fan base, every fan base does hundred percent. Every fan base does it. So I think that's what we're going to wind and up. And but I, look, we'll see. Let me just say that that gets thrown around. And like, I think Nick fans and every fan base correctly, like takes offense to that. I think it is good to overvalue your own young players because sure. good organizations overvalue their own young yeah. players. Totally agree. Yeah. I think teams do it too, to be honest with you. Yeah, they, they do because that's how you build a sustainable team, how you build sustainable culture, the whole thing. Um, I, I, where, where I come at it is more like the notion that like these guys are like future all-stars, which I, I don't know how many people think that, but like right. they're, you know, I think that here's what I'll say. In the past, we've overrated young players who turned out to not just be very good NBA players. I think all three of these guys are already good, and I think they have all a chance to get better and maybe significantly better. So all all these guys can be good NBA starters at some point in their career. I agree with that. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah, 100%. So let me, final thing I'll ask you. Do you have a limit on the latest you want the Knicks to have the flexibility to be able to add the next guy. I'm I'm not generally speaking, when it comes to stuff, I'm not anyone who's like with hard and fast rules. I just, I feel like you'll know a trade when you see it, that completely hamstrings them. And as long as this trade does not completely hamstring them, I I'm willing to, I'll be okay with it. I think. Yeah, That's and look, I, I just think realistically, I know a lot of Nick fans want to build through the draft and go slowly, and I get it. Once again, I was always on that team from the beginning. I think that's how you build NBA teams. Yeah, but it's fun. It's good. I love watching the young guys play. It's fantastic. But 
look, Leon Rose is literally setting himself up to make a move like this. So it's going to happen. If it's not going to be Donovan Mitchell, it's going to be somebody else at some point. So Nick fans, I think, need to just come to the reality, like understand the reality of the situation in front of their eyes. Like this is going to happen. In what, if it's not Mitchell, it'll be somebody else. And it's going to be a lot going out the door. And it's going to be stuff you don't want them to trade. And that's the cost of doing business when you're trying to trade for a star player. And that's the path the Knicks have gone down to team build. And it's just the way it's going to be. And that's it. And that's it, really your only path to eventually winning a title anyway. So it just comes down an to, hour later. It comes down to, well, that's the thing. It comes down to timing. And right. if you're someone that believes there's going to be another top 20 ish, star that wants to play in New York with years left on his contract um, and is going to become available in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, If you feel comfortable predicting that that is going to be the case, then, and you want to bypass this trade, I'll hear, I, I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that. And then if, if you do get to that point, that's that's only step one. Step two, and you brought this up earlier, is that trade going to cost you considerably less or even any less than this one in terms of like, what is the opportunity cost of, of waiting or what do you and get? What's the, way, the benefit John, you get? You're going to have less draft assets because that Mavericks pick can't be traded at that point. It's going to be made. And well, every one of these young guys is going to be closer to their second contract. Um, that's more what I'm, I'm not worried about the, the draft assets nearly as much as I am. I'm not, again, not worried about it, but every one of these young guys, is a hell of a lot easier to trade right now than when they're on their second deal, or even in the summer of restricted free agency, as we just went through for months and months dealing with freaking base year compensation <laughs> issues. Like, guess what? If you go to trade Obi top and a quickly two summers from now, all those issues are going to be there too. So you know, it really, if they bypass this, it, it puts them on the clock in a way that they have not yet been, been put, put on the clock, but I, I we both feel it'll get done. It probably will. Um, John, I'm just praying before October 1st, if I, it's before <laughs> October 1st, I'll be happy. That's it. Good, good transition. Tell, tell folks where they could find you and what, what do you got in the hopper coming up, uh, moving forward from here? Yeah. If there's giant fans out there, I'm sure there's a lot of giant and Nick fans out there. Uh, go, we have our million things going on giants.com, our podcast network. We do like four or five different podcasts. Now it's really crazy. We're live awesome. every day at two o'clock, uh, taking calls. So check that out. Big blue kickoff live giants huddle podcast is more of an interview thing. Giants legends, NFL reporters. It's, kind of like this. Um, so check it out. If you're a big giants fan, um, search for on your podcast platforms, giants mobile app, and, uh, the football will be my life for the next six months. So yeah, let's rock and roll. (laughs) Uh, Godspeed. Um, (laughs) we, we, as you know, I know the grind. Uh, I am, I'm looking forward to a fun football season. I'll say that. Yes, hopefully one of the New York teams and hopefully the Giants will have uh, (laughs) even if they don't win a ton of games, John, let's at least be better on offense. So the game's a little bit more entertaining. And I think that would go a long way with the fan base. So knock on wood, hopefully that happens. Knock on wood and knock on wood. uh, A trade uh, for Donovan Mitchell happens before October 1st. How about that? Yes. And by the way, much, much love to Andrew Claudio, I think is stewing right now because the Mets didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. He's going to be happy about. <laughs> he's on vacation. I'm sure he's not too, too bothered by it. So. Oh, I'm sure he is pissed that the Phillies got David Robertson. He's like, you let the Phillies get Robertson. I'm sure he's mad about that as we speak. Uh, don't worry. He, he, has a, he has a lot of experience dealing with disappointment as a Mets fan. It's fine. Well, yeah. Yeah. Plenty. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thanks, boom. John. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I, like I said, we we hammered out a deal. I I hope you don't mind the deals that we hammered out. I don't think we settled on one, but I think we still did a pretty respectable job. Uh, as always, if you dig the show, leave us a uh, nice five star rating uh, or a view or both of those things. Uh, we will be back with another episode at the end of this week. And then uh, continue along with our content as we make our way through with some evergreen stuff for the summer. We're going to continue with the draft pick pods. Um, I should also note that uh, I didn't say anything about the passing of Bill Russell on this episode because uh, he figures prominently in our next Monday show in which we do the draft of all time number two picks uh, of which Bill Russell was selected. So uh, I will 
say a piece about Bo Russell before that that show, but um, rest in peace to great man, uh, great basketball player, Bill Russell. Uh, that's it. Uh, we'll be back with another episode very soon. Until then, peace out.